math joy. I know, I know, for many of you, it might feel like an oxymoron, but trust me, it is something that is so great for our children. Today's guest is a veteran educator from Alberta, Canada, Jay Bright Shavar, and I had the pleasure of working with her when she was a graduate student. She was one of my former students. So Jay is really big into math play, and she's going to talk to us about why math play is important, how we can engage in it as parents and caregivers, and how to support our kids in finding math joy that'll take them through the rest of their life. Welcome to the core. Hello and welcome to The Core. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Allen, the owner-operator of The Community Classroom, a tutoring and academic coaching center in Florence, Massachusetts that serves students in Western Massachusetts and nationwide. I'm also the 2010 Florida Teacher of the Year, an education nerd, the stepmom to four teens and mama of one toddler, a runner, a lover of dad jokes, and an educator for almost 20 years. In this podcast, we will answer parent questions about education and learning. Welcome to The Core. Hello, Jay. Welcome to The Core. Hi. Hi. So I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. Uh, Whenever I think of math and fun and play and joy, I think of you. Aw, that's so nice. I'm so happy to be here. Um, so let's get right to the core of this issue. Why math play? Why should we care as parents? (laughs) That's a great question. Um, probably the easiest, most simple answer is thinking about how our brain learns and we learn by doing, and we learn by playing. So one of the kind of famous quotes that I really like is that it takes Um, you know, a hundred iterations to learn something pencil paper, but it takes 20 or something like that. um, If you're playing, so your brain is able to learn things better and learn things easier when you're having fun. Love it. And plus who doesn't like to have fun? (laughs) Right. Exactly. I'm like, exactly. Like it's, it's not only um, your brain learns it better, but then it's more enjoyable which just makes the whole experience overall better. And then you want to do it more because it's fun. So, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> now, I can already hear some people um, say that that just sounds like a bunch of fluff. Is it fluff? Totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, there is brain research to prove that our brain does learn better by doing and... Um, And one of the ways we can do things is through play. And so if we think back to, like if anybody thinks back to their own experiences in any kind of capacity, when you are doing something rather than being like told something, um, you remember it easier. Base it on your own experience and kind of go from there, I guess. Um, And you have this philosophy, not only with the students that you work with, but for teachers learning about math and math content and math joy as well, correct? Yeah. So I think a lot of, um, there's like a lot of interesting research out there and there's a lot of interesting ideas around math anxiety. And a lot of people get really anxious when they hear the word math. And even for myself, I've been in situations where, 
people are like, quick, quick, quick. Like, what is it? What is it? Like, what's the answer? Like, you're a math person. Like, why don't you know? And it's just like, ah, this is too much. Like, and so, um, math anxiety is a real thing. And it's something that, um, parents actually can pass on to their kids if they are, um, expressing anxiety with math or dislike of math or, hatred of math at home, kids can pick up on that and they sense that. And so those sorts of things um, can carry over into school and into life. And when I was kind of one of the reasons why I got into all this work was when I was in school, I, I went to school and did a math degree. And so many people were like, oh, I hate math. That was their first response. Like, oh, what are you in school for? Oh, I'm I'm going to be a math teacher. Oh, I hate math. And I was like, you know what? Let's change that. <laughs> and so that kind of has been my whole like mission, I guess, going forward is like, let's make people hate math a little bit less. And so obviously to make something less hateable is to make it more fun and more playful. And so... <laughs> Um, I would say that it's it's really important to have play and to have fun and and then it's less hateable. Uh, so much to unpack there. And we're going to put some links in our show notes because this idea of math anxiety has definitely been a theme uh, in our blogs and our conversation with parents and one of our other podcast episodes, um, especially for you mamas out there, we pass it on to our girls. Uh, so you were mentioning how having math joy at fun and, or at home and playing at home is one way to kind of get over that math anxiety and not pass it on to our kids. What, what might be some examples of things we could play at home uh, that shows our kids that we can experience math joy and we're not afraid of math, but we can have fun with it and love it and do math for fun. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because I think a lot of times we actually are involved in math things at home, but we don't realize it. And so, um, simple things like baking is something that's really fun and joyful. And there's quite a bit of math involved if you take a moment to notice it. And so that's another really big thing that you can do at home is just noticing the math. So anytime you're having a recipe or doubling a recipe, you're talking about working with fractions and dealing with like dividing and multiplying by two with fractions, which is something that a lot of kids really struggle with. But then you put it in the context of baking and it's like, oh yeah, I just double a recipe, like no problem. And so that's something, um, my favorite thing to do at home and my favorite thing to recommend is playing board games, which I think a lot of people don't realize how much math there is in that, especially for young kids, um, like elementary age. And anytime you're working with dice or cards or probabilities, anything like that, you are working with strategy, problem solving, that those are all skills that develop your math brain. And so board games is a really easy way to have fun, um, to have family time and to build math skills at home. And I like even the most 
um, most common board games are good. Monopoly is a great one. You're working with money, you're counting, you have kids moving around the board, um, you're rolling dice and counting, counting dots on there. And so you can find like these board games, you can find them at thrift stores for like $5 or less. So it's great because like a lot of these really popular board games are even good. You don't have to go out and get like fancy math board games. Like I would say Monopoly, Clue, like any card game, any dice game. Um, you don't need a lot of supplies. You can, can find those things at like the dollar store. So I love it. Yeah. Um, sometimes when we try to force content or force learning into a game, it kind of can suck the fun out a little bit. Not that all like content related games are like that, but like really, if we're talking, you're right. If we're talking about strategy, counting money, should we buy the hotel or just keep our houses or do we invest the money? Like those things that happen in a basic game, like Monopoly all help our kids build mathematical thinking. Um, so you mentioned Monopoly, you mentioned Clue. Can you rattle off four more amazing games that help us experience math joy at home? Um, okay, so for, for young kids, I would say Snakes and Ladders is another really good one or Shoots and Ladders, I think they call it now. I don't know, I guess the snakes are scary. Um, and <laughs> Maybe it's a Canadian uh, thing, I don't know. <laughs> oh, maybe. <laughs> um, I really like that for like young kids. Um, those are kind of more run of the mill if you're looking to purchase something that you probably won't find at a thrift store, but you can get on Amazon. Um, Sleeping Queens is a favorite and um, Dragonwood is probably another one that I would highly recommend. Um, so Sleeping Queens and Dragonwood. Sleeping Queens is good uh, for, I would say, anyone between the ages of like four and up. Um, Dragonwood is a little bit more complicated, but I did have kindergartners playing it. So I mean, there's definitely potential and my fifth graders love it. So it's a good one because you can kind of access it at all different groups, but there's a lot of math in there that's not in your face like you had recommended. I, I would suggest staying away from like subtraction surprise, like any sort of like games that are like... Great, <laughs> we just lost a potential this, sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I I would I would go with the ones that are um kind of geared more towards they the ones that are the ones that are like really heavily math focused will like you said they're not a bad thing they focus on one specific skill and that's usually their main focus and that's usually all they develop whereas if you go with um a different type of board game that's not pigeoned into that one type, you end up being able to develop like a myriad of skills without, um, without kind of pigeoning into this one, like subtract, I say subtraction because I have a subtraction game and like none of the kids like to play it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jay, did you always like math? Um, so yeah, <laughs> no, actually I, um, I really struggled with math in school, um, but I played a lot of board games. And so school math was very difficult for me. And as a kid, I didn't realize that math was different from school math and that sometimes mm -hmm. the things that we do in school 
Um, like for me, there was a lot of mad minutes, a lot of drills. Oh, and mad minutes. And I remember that. Of, yeah. So <laughs> that was a lot of anxiety for me. Um, I don't work well under pressure. I don't work well with speed. And so any sort of, um, any sort of task that involves that, my brain just like shuts off, which is like some people love it. And for those people, I would say games like Dutch Blitz are great. So if you are somebody or if your kid is somebody that loves working under pressure and loves a time, a game like Dutch Blitz is awesome. Um, But if you're somebody like me or your kid is somebody like me that doesn't like that, um, I've played Dutch Blitz as like a turn-taking, turn-based. I much prefer it that way. So yeah, you can kind of gear, choose games catered towards that. But uh, short answer, no, I, I did not always love math. Um, but once I found out that so many people hate it, I was like, oh, we should change that. <laughs> should change that. Um, thanks for your transparency and your honesty, Jay. Will you, I know you're working in changing that not only with kids, but with teachers. Will you tell us a little bit about your work with math play and teachers? You had a really yeah. cool project. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I've done quite a bit of PD, like led my own PD around this topic over the last several years. And, um, you know, we have like a local teachers convention and, um, I really like kind of opening, the eyes, I guess I would say. And, and sometimes as teachers, we have a lot of pressure to feel like, oh, we have to do all this and get all this done and get all the testing in and fit all these things in. And so sometimes it's kind of nice to see like another side of like, oh, look, we can also learn these things while we're playing and it's, it's more fun. So a lot of the PD I've done is related to helping teachers see how we can bring joy into the classroom. Love it. And I love seeing action when you help spread that math joy. Uh, Jay, how do you bring in parents in your class? So you have your students. How do you bring in the parents of your students into this idea of math joy? How do you get them to buy in? How do you, how do you help them out? Because I would imagine that not all of them experience math joy. Totally. Yeah, it's true. And, and it is, um, it is a tricky one for sure. Some people are more open to it than others. Um, I like to play a lot of the games that I recommend in school. Um, so we have like math play on the schedule once a week. And so the kids, we have a half an hour and we play games. So we play Dragonwood is one that the kids like sleeping Queens. We play ch- a lot of chess. The kids really like chess. That's another one that's really easy to find in stores and is quite a bit of strategy involved in that. Um, a lot of like spatial reasoning, which is something that um, because we spend a lot of time on two dimensional screens, we're losing um, the, that skill isn't being developed as much because we do spend a lot of time on, on two dimensional screens. So Um, spatial reasoning is something that's built really well with chess. Um, Othello is another one that my kids really like. Um, I have a couple other like less common games. Um, Dice Throne is one that I just introduced last year. Um, that's really fun. So I try to play the games in the class and then I found that the kids then go home and request that they, they get these games at home. 
And so then they can be playing them at home as well. And so that's one way that I can kind of help get the games into the home. And then, um, yeah. <laughs> Just spreading the math joy through board games. I love it. Um, yeah, it's my favorite, my favorite. <laughs> in, I, I that was another good one. We, we have Lego too, and we play a lot of Lego as well. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jay, you had talked a little bit about spatial reasoning and how we're losing that a bit with our two-dimensional world and screens. Will you break that down for parents? Um, yeah. So it's kind of just this idea of being able to like visualize stuff and um, especially like visualize spaces. So one of the things that's like kind of a common real world analogy would be like how far is it or how big is it or something so you might be like okay well like you know how how big is this table like how many chairs would fit around this table or something and so the the ability to like visualize that and picture it versus having to go grab chairs and put them in is the difference between like you being able to spatially reason or not um another time you'll see it is like even with estimating like if you see those big like jars of jelly beans like being able to like reason okay like how many, you know, how many jelly beans are like in the middle? Like I can see how many I can see, but like you have to also like spatially reason, like how many would be in the middle of the jar. And so those are all skills that are really valuable in, in math and in life. And, um, sometimes they get kind of forgotten about cause it's, they're impossible to learn on paper. You can only learn that skill by, um, like doing stuff with it. And so a game like chess where you're having to like imagine where you would move a piece or what your what, where your um, opponent would move a piece, like being able to imagine where things would be on the board is a great way to like, um, work that. that reminds me of, uh, the queen's gambit where she would lay in bed uh, the protagonist and she would picture like visualize on the ceiling, the whole game of chess, like yes. imagine it step-by-step step, what her move was, her opponents, her move, her opponents. That is spatial reasoning, right? Exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Jay, uh, where can people go to find you online? The best place to find me is on Twitter at numberflex is my oh. Twitter handle. And we'll post that in the show notes too. Jay, any last words of wisdom for our listeners who are parents and caregivers? Um, probably my biggest piece of advice would just be to not be afraid to play with your kids and um, not worry about the school part of it. So it's nice to, it's nice to play. It's nice to learn through play. And so, um, if you can get some board games or get some dice games and play those and, and worry less about the workbooks. I love that. Um, such great advice and so hard to do sometimes as a parent, but I wrote that down. I'm going to remember it. It's difficult. I for sure understand. And, and even if you can do a little compromise of a little less workbook time and a little more play time. Maybe you could do a little half and happy. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Jay. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was really fun.
All right. Um, we appreciate you and thanks for listening. We'll see you next Tuesday on To The Core.